those that's out in uh, the world of social media and technology, I want to wish you all a, a happy Mother's Day. I want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. And uh, this morning, I, I want to go back to the word that we had, beginning part of the word from last week. I said last week that <clears throat> we want to expose uh, Satan. We want to expose him. We want to expose him. And this morning, we, last week, our title was, uh, Are You Battle Ready? And this week, we're going to do Are You Battle Ready Part 2. Now, the reason, all week long, I tried to find something else. I began to seek to God for a different word. And he said, I want you to go back. And he said, the reason why I want you to go back, because what happened to me last week was an attack of Satan. And to explain it to you, um, before I left home, I, I checked my, my, my sugar, and sure, it was up some, but I ate a very small amount. But the more that I stood here and declared the word of God, the weaker I got physically. And once, one, one moment I, I stopped and I told them, I said, I won't be able to go on. And, and, and the minister and the deacon, they, they came forward. And uh, then I, I got better. I began to feel better. So then once I started again and the more I began to go into the word, all of a sudden the whole room began to spin. And it, it was all I could do to stand and hold on to the podium. But I was refusing to give up because what was happening, God was exposing the real enemy. And see, and as I talked to some, some other friends of mine, some other ministers of friends of mine, and, and I began to share with them about what had happened to me. And I, said, and I let them know that the more I went into the word exposing Satan, the greater the attack. And they said to me, it wasn't about you. It was about that word that the enemy did not want out. And so today, I, I, stand, I stand flat-footed against the adversary. I stand flat-footed against him, and I refuse to be defeated. I refuse to be defeated. By the time we got to the ER, and we, we had to go to the ER, because when I left him here, my sugar had spiked to 257. Now, mind you, I didn't eat enough for it to spike that high. And so, therefore, I knew that was something in the word that caused the enemy to want to go on attack, that he, there was something in the word that the enemy did not want the people of God to hear. We dealt with Ephesians chapter 6 and, and verse number 12, where it talks about, it, it began to talk about we fight not against flesh and blood, nor do we fight you know, against our brothers and our sisters and those that we have on our jobs. It, that's not the real enemy. The real enemy, what he does is he uses the flesh of people. He uses the flesh as a tool so he can stay hid. He does not want to be seen. But the Bible also talked, it talked about last week how we fight against principalities, how we fight against powers, wickedness in high places. See, Satan is a spirit. We cannot fight him with fleshly weapons. He is a spirit. Therefore, we have to use spiritual things to fight our enemy. He is our opponent. He is an arch enemy. In this day, as the book of Daniel talked about, he says that he's trying to wear out the saints. That's his ultimate goal. That's his purpose. And today we're going to continue to expose him. We're going to expose him. Because a lot of times we look at one another and we call one another our enemy. That's not the real enemy. Satan is the real enemy. In the book of Revelation, it let us know in that 12th chapter and also in that 13th chapter of the book of Revelation, they call Satan that great dragon. They identify him as Satan. It identifies him uh, uh, to the point that we know that he's Lucifer. Uh, he calls him the devil. So he, he's out. He's here for sure. He knows his time is for a short term. That's what it says in the, in the book of Revelation. He has a short amount of time to be here. And I thought about that. When John the Revelator wrote that book, it was over 1,900 years ago. If he knew then that his time was short, how close now are we to the point where he knows his time is up? But now we're going to continue to expose him. 
Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. I want to teach this. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Are you battle ready? If you don't know the enemy, you won't be able to win the battle. I don't know about y'all, but I've been going through some stuff. Amen. Been really, really fighting with the enemy. Amen. But you've got to know who your enemy is. If you don't know who your enemy is, you're fighting against the wrong individual, the wrong person. It's the spirit you're fighting. It's not flesh and blood. It's the spirit. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Are we there? Now, it says in begin verse number 14. The previous verse talks about false prophets and deceitful workers, how they're able to transform themselves unto the apostles of Christ. But verse 14 says, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into what? An angel of light. He can transform himself. He can change his form. He can change his appearance and make you think that he is an angel of light. How do you think we get deceived all the time? We think that it's it's, it's of God, but most times it's Satan himself. He has transformed himself and making us think that he is an angel of light. Well, of course, at one point he was a light barrier, but he got kicked out of heaven. Satan got kicked out. Now look at verse 15. Verse 15 says, There is no great thing if its ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. Just like God has has his ministers, so also Satan has his ministers too. And they can transform themselves as ministers of righteousness. In other words, they talk a good game, but they can't walk the walk. Can I say that? They talk a good game, but they cannot walk the walk. They they can transform themselves, make themselves appear that they are righteous when actuality their lifestyle is something totally different. Amen. So we have to understand what the enemy what the enemy is really trying to do. We got to we have to know our adversary. Our adversary is Satan, the devil, that old dragon. His whole purpose is to be here to deceive the saints. And he is having a good job. He's doing a good job at this, of deception. He's doing a very good job. Now, look at verse 15, continue verse 15. It says, therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. Now, he knows how to transform himself. He knows how to to make things appear to be right when in actuality they're wrong. But let me show you something else about the adversary. We we need to know. Let's go to the book of St. Matthew. We just want to teach this this morning. St. Matthew, the 12th chapter. St. Matthew, the 12th chapter. St. Matthew, 12th chapter. Are we there? St. Matthew, 12th chapter. We're going to begin looking at verse number 43. Are you battle ready? Are you battle ready? Now, St. Matthew, chapter 12, verse 43. It says this. Look very close to this. I mean, just give your attention to this because this identifies that Satan is a spirit. He's a fallen angel. And not only he's the head of the fallen angel because he used to be an angel. Verse 43 says this. When the unclean spirit is gone out of who? A man. Is it up on the screen? He says when the, uh, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest, and he findeth none. When an unclean spirit goes out of us, because all of us sometimes have unclean spirits, amen, it says when it goes out of us, it, it walks in dry places. Well, what is this dry place? The dry place is those places where, 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 where uh, there is the body is void of the spirit of God. 
When we don't have Christ on our side, that there's no water, there's no moisture. And see, the water represents the Word. When, when, when we don't have the Word of God in us, when we do not have the Word of God in us, then Satan comes in because, see, we're dry. You know how it is when you've been away from God a long time? And then when you begin to hear the Word of God, you begin to soak up that Word and seem like your, your whole spirit comes alive. You see, you have to understand now that the enemy has just left. He's left. He's, he's walking in dry places. And then he talks about he is seeking rest. Well, he's seeking rest. Satan has to have a body. Satan has to reside in a body. Satan has to reside in a body. So when we start acting crazy, we need to ask ourselves who's residing in us. He, the Bible says he's seeking rest. He wants somewhere to live. Have we, has he been living in us lately? <laughs> he's seeking, I heard somebody say amen. He's, he's seeking a place of rest. He's got to have a place to live. A spirit cannot operate or live outside of a body. It has to have a body in order to live. Look at this. It says he, when he goes out and he's, he's, he walks through dry places, he cannot walk, walk in moistness. He, so if you're full of God and, and you're full of the Word, he, he cannot reside in you. But he, when he can't find no rest, watch what he does. Watch what he does. Verse 44 says, Then he said, I will return into what? My house. Wait a minute. I thought it was your house. But what, look what Satan is saying in verse 44. Then he says, talking about that spirit, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he has come, he finds it empty, swept, and garnished. When he can't find another body to dwell in, what he does, he comes back to the body that he had just left. He comes back to the body he's left. When he begins to walk through dry places seeking rest, if he can't find anybody to dwell in, and if we have not done something within the temple of God, when he is gone, he is coming back because he says, that's my house. Do, you, do we not know Satan is saying, our temple, the temple of God, where this is where God's supposed to dwell? He's saying, this is his house. He is saying this is his house, and when, when we do not put the things of God within us, the Word of God, and allow the Holy Spirit to dwell within us and to guide us, he, he comes right back. Watch what happens. Now, look at this. He's coming back. He says, I'm going back to my house. When he comes back, he sees that it's been swept, it's, it's been cleaned, it, it's been gone. He sees that we've done some work. That's what he sees. He sees that we've done some work in cleaning up the house of God. Because, see, once the, the house of God is cleaned up, and that's, that's us, the temple, Satan cannot live in the same place with God. There's no way. He cannot, he cannot dwell in the same body with, 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 with God. There's no way. Sin cannot dwell like that. Now, watch what, what, watch what happens here. He sees that it's, been, it's empty, it's swept, and it's gone. Then verse 45 says, then goeth he, talking about this, this evil spirit now, verse 45, then goeth he and taketh with himself, look at this, seven other spirits more wicked than himself. Mm, that's wow. And the last state of that man is worse than the first, even so shall it be also unto the wicked generation. When he leaves and he comes back and he sees that he cannot get in by himself alone, he go back out and he gets the family of more evil spirits. Here comes back a whole family. Now, where you had one spirit, if you had a, a spirit of lust, then you may show with a spirit of greed. If you had the spirit of fortification, I mean, it, he had all kind of cousins. He goes back, he hooks up, what, and he knows what, what we all like. He knows what we all like. He knows where we are vulnerable, so he's going to bring out everything that is satisfying and appealing to the flesh. He operates with the flesh. He operates with the flesh. So he's going to come back with all them cousins. Have you ever thought, well, I used to curse, and then all of a sudden you didn't, and all of a sudden now you're cursing again. 
And not only are you cursing, but you're swearing in the name of the Father and, and, and you're doing a whole lot of other different things that you didn't do, used to do. Yeah, I don't know if anybody ever been there. I guess we all holy and righteous folk up in here that's never done anything or can't witness. Amen. I see a few smiles. Amen. Because we know what spirits that we have. Amen. Well, what, that's okay. Well, at one point you, 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 you didn't drink, but now you drink. But not only that, where you used to drink a beer, now you need more than the beer to satisfy the flesh. He, and I, I can only, I can break it down. He just add a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Because see, his cousins is up in there now. So whatever kind of spirits, even the spirit of glutton, eating too much. I mean, backbiting, gossiping, all those, these are all evil spirits. And they have to find a place to, to, to reside. And if we do not have the body filled with the word of God, and we are not prayed up, and we are not living a life of the lifestyle of righteousness, then he's going to come back. When he realizes he can't do it by himself, he says, let me go get me an army. Let me go get me an army. Watch this. Watch the word. Well, let me, before we go there, well, how is it it's possible that he comes back and he can take over because he says, I'm going back to my own body. Well, then we have to look at the condition of the soul of our hearts. This is how he comes back. Well, the, the parable that's talking about the parable of the sore, the sore sores the word. Now, the first condition of the heart was when they received the word, but they, they received the a kingdom word. That's the difference. They didn't receive a church word. They received a kingdom word. And not only did they receive the kingdom word, but when you receive the kingdom word, what happens was they did not understand the kingdom word. See, the kingdom word is different than church word. It's different. You know, the, the kingdom word, what God says, you know, you know, if your brother or sister, you know, smack you, you turn your other cheek. Now, now, that's not what we say, not the way, the way of the world, amen? The, the, the word of God says, the kingdom word, is, it says to forgive, right? But that's not the way of the world because we hold grudges for a long time, right? What we don't see is there is a spirit that's behind all of this that's keeping us from forgiving others to keep us from, from really loving the Lord. We cannot win this battle without God. We've got to have a spiritual weapons. Because we are fighting against a spirit. And see, not only when you don't understand a kingdom word, because see, right now everybody got church word. Everybody got church word. You know, but when you come down to the kingdom word, I mean, God says the kingdom is on the inside of you. It, says it doesn't come with observation, but the kingdom of God is on the inside of you. Until we know what God has done on the inside of us, we cannot understand the kingdom word. Because, see, the king lives where the, where the kingdom is. So, so we got to understand now, if we don't understand uh, the, the principles of the kingdom, what Satan does, he comes and he snatches that word away. And so, therefore, what happens, you go back to the world. That's what happened. They, I heard a minister speak this, and this is so true. I, I, I pondered on this thing. There are a lot of converts, but there are very few disciples. That's very true. There are a lot of converts. A lot of people are getting saved right and left, and they go up there one way, and then, and then, and then within the next hour, they, they, they're going back doing the same old thing, same old thing. But God told us to make disciples. When Jesus left, he told us to make disciples. Disciples are learners. They are learners of the, of, of the kingdom. They are learners of the, of the word of God. They are, they are learners. And then he tells us to teach. So we've got to understand kingdom principles. Why do you think uh, uh, most people don't like to study the word of God or like to read? Because Satan knows that most of us don't like to read anyway. That's why it's put in a book. And now once we move away from the Bible, the book, then we've got the iPhones. And they, of course they have the Bible on there. But how many people got the Bible pulled up on the iPhone or on the phone? If, he, if, if Satan can hide this word from us, if he can keep this word from us, we cannot expose or we will never know who he is. We will always be fighting flesh and blood. God says to me this week, he said, you know where racism is coming from? He says it's coming from evil spirits. 
It's not about your brother. It's not about your sister. It's, it's, it's about that spirit, that evil spirit that's bringing about racism. That's all. And, 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 and for me, I can't, I can't even fathom in my mind how can a, a, what is it, 19-year-old young man can go and kill people. I'm completely confused. That is an evil spirit that has taken over the minds of a lot of our young people. There is so much hatred in our world, but God is not of hatred. That's not Christ. Christ is a God of love. He's a God of love. You know, the enemy, he is, he is a lie. You know why I say he is a lie? Because even right now he's trying to attack me. But the devil is a lie. Today I'm getting through this word. Today I'm getting through it. I'm going to expose him. I am going to expose who he is. Because, see, for too long he has taken the people of God. I'm not even talking about the world because he got them. He's taken the people of God and he's got them deceived. I mean, I saw where there were middle school children who was boycotting their church, which is a Methodist church, because they was voting to have gay pastors. What do you know about gayism and lesbianism at 10 and 14 years old? Now, tell me, what do they know? They're 9 years old. They're 10 years old. They know nothing. I hope they don't know nothing about sex. I, I hope not, but a lot of them probably do. Amen. But all of that comes from an evil spirit. All of that comes from an evil spirit. I mean, I, I, I just, I could not even begin to imagine how that could be. And not only that, but they got on national television saying that it was totally wrong that their church did not allow gayism or lesbianism to, 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 to be in the pulpit preaching the gospel. At this point, there are so many things that we have been deceived about that's in the Word of God that we don't, because we don't read the Word of God or don't accept the Word of God, or they tell us, that you, 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 you too old, you're back in the day. No, God's Word never changes. His Word never changes. His Word is the ultimate authority. Ultimate authority. Now, listen. Now, let's, 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 let's go to St. Mark chapter 5. St. Mark, chapter number 5. Thank you, Holy Spirit. St. Mark, chapter number 5. St. Mark, chapter number 5. St. Mark, chapter number 5. Now, for those who think that the enemy, because we're sitting in, 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 in the house, in the Ephesus, the building, because we're the house, that does not mean Satan cannot come in and dwell. doesn't mean that. Watch, watch St. Mark, chapter number 5. Here, it starts reading at verse number one. It says, And they came over unto the other side of the sea, in the country of the Gadarenes, which means a wall place. And when he was come out of the ship, to my Christ, he says, the word of God says, Immediately thou met him out of the tombs, a man with a what? Unclean spirit. Unclean spirit. Met him with an unclean spirit. We have to be armed. It's imperative that we be armed as the saints of God because unclean spirits, that's why you got to be careful where you go. You got to be careful who you communicate with. You got to make sure that you get yourself all anointed and greased up or whatever before you leave the house, even in prayer. That's so very important because unclean spirits are walking about every day and they're trying to find a place to live. Are we going to allow him to live in us? Are we going to allow him to live in us? So we have to be very careful. He's talking about even when Jesus came. Show show how tricky that and cunning is. And before we go there, Friday, Friday, Friday morning, I called my daughter. It must have been around 7 o'clock. I know he was getting ready for school. And I said, I got this feeling. I got this feeling. I said, before you all leave home, make sure you pray for your children before you go. And she said, well, Mama, we always pray. She said, you know, Vernon, you know, they, they, they get family and they pray over, we pray over protection, pray over protection of our children. Well, later on that, that evening, and I was sitting there watching the 6 o'clock news. Most of the time I've slept through it. And they began to talk about uh, children in Calpins, uh, uh middle school. How they had pulled some boys out of the classroom because of the fact that they said there had been some threats among the school. And then I kept looking and talking about arresting a teenager who was 17 years old with a loaded gun in her car in Greenville. 
We got to understand that it's so important that we need to be in a place of praying all the time. And especially we've got children, we, and we have to pray for the teachers, we've got to pray for our children. It's not safe anymore. And when God revealed that to me, I mean, I woke up out of it and was so in my spirit, and I began to hear all this laundry list. And even the, the, the children the, in, in Hillcrest High School, and I mean, how there's a, a, a war going on, you know, something to do with race. This whole thing is about that evil spirit. It's about Satan that's trying to divide and conquer. If he can divide and conquer, he's got the whole house. When it comes down to division, he has got the whole house. When it comes down to, be, to, to dividing, one living this way, one living this way. One. No, you've got to understand what spirit it is. It is Satan himself. When we think about our children and then lost their minds and, and we wonder why in the world they're doing, we need to look at what's really going on. Get to the root cause. And I guarantee you, everybody, when you begin to examine it, Satan is right there at the forefront. But when he gets through doing his mess, he leaves you with the mess and then he goes somewhere else. He, and he's waiting for his next victim. Well, you remember what the scripture says? He goes about. Well, in, in dry places, walking in dry places, he's seeking some rest. He's got to find a place to live. Now, let's continue with Mark chapter 5. Let's continue. Verse number 3 says, talking about this man that had this unclean spirit. Now, uh, he, 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 he meets Christ and says, verse 3 says, Who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Who in their right mind will be living among the dead? Who in their right minds? But then I also discovered that the word tombs there also mean memory. He was being imprisoned by his own memory. Sometimes you can go to sleep and whatever you thought about doing in your conscious mind, well, in your subconscious mind, when you go to sleep, if you're not careful, in your subconscious mind, you have literally done that thing. And then when you wake up, it's like, oh, wow. I thought I was someplace else. Have anybody ever been there when it's something subconscious and you think you've done something? When you wake up, you really hadn't done it at all? See, it has to do with, with this memory here. It has to do with the memory. Now, look at verse number 4 in Mark chapter 5. It says now, Because that he had been often bound with feathers and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the feathers broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. In other words, he was out of control. He was literally out of control. There was nothing uh, that could be done that could cause him to be uh, in his right mind. And we're going to see why. All right? Now, verse 5 says, And always, night and day, night and day, he was in the mountains, and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with the stones. The thongs are his thoughts. He's, I mean, he's, has he, have you ever been tormented, tormented, you know, with your thoughts? <laughs> your thoughts torment you sometimes. I mean, it says night and day. Even from the point of uh, his night season, when he's actually going through adversity, to his, to his day season, which is his breakthrough, the Bible says now that, that he was at a point that, Always in night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tomb. The mountains and in the tomb. He was in a high place. Mountains represents a high place. The tombs represents a low place. He was caught up. He was cutting himself with, with the thoughts of his mind. He, he couldn't find any relief whatsoever. Why? Because he had evil spirits. Have you ever got to the place where you, you don't, have any, don't have any relief? You're seeking relief and it seems like you can't find any relief. So this is what was going on with him. Even in his best days, and I, I looked closer and I said, this has got to be somebody that used to walk with God. High place. Even when he was in a high place, he was being tormented in his mind. Even when he was in a low place, he was being tormented in his mind. But watch verse number 6. Watch this, this old spirit. His, his deception. St. Mark, chapter 5, verse 6. It says, but when he saw who? Jesus afar off. He ran and he worshipped him. Now he's full of evil spirits, but when he sees, see, he, see, Satan's not stupid. He's not gonna mess with you if you're full of Jesus. 
If you, if you got God on the inside of you, and you got the word of God on the inside, he's not going to mess with you. He, he's going to come with a false pretense. Have you ever seen people that come in and you think they just holy and righteous and got it all going, got it all going on? You've seen them folk. And then, you know, later on you see them, you really see the true side of them. And it's not what you thought it was or what you perceive it to be. Amen. So, and, and that's how it was. He, he, he goes now and he sees Jesus. Oh, you got to understand that Satan's not stupid. He knows when Christ is in you and when Christ is not in you. He knows when you're walking with God and when you're not walking with God. So he sees Christ. He sees him afar. First thing he do, I'm going I'm I'm to worship him. He will sit among, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. He will sit among the believer as if he is a believer. He will sit among the believer as if he is a worshiper. But he is not of a worshiper. It is false worship. Because he didn't want to get cast out. And do you not know them demons within, them, within us don't want to go nowhere? They have, they're comfortable. We have allowed them to live rent free. Rent free. Rent free. We allow him. He don't have to pay no rent. He don't, the Bible said, he said, I'm going back to my house. And that's supposed to be your house. He said, I'm going back there. He's going to live rent free. Now, he pretends to be a worshiper. Now, watch this. Verse 7, St. Mark chapter 5. He says now, he says, and he cried with a loud voice and said, talking about this evil spirit, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure or I charge you or I urge you or I request you by God that thou torment me not. He can be tormented. How can he be tormented? With Jesus, with the word of God. When you begin to go into praise, you can begin to go into worship and, and thanksgiving and gratitude. That, that torment Satan, that torment them demons that's on the inside, they got to go. I mean, they have to go. Now, look at this. He's trying to tell Jesus now. He acknowledges he knows who he is. Satan knows who God is. You know why? Because he used to live with him. He used, to be, he used to be that, that cherubim angel. He used to be there. He used to be, in the, he used to be in the heavens. He just got kicked out when he got too big for himself. But let's continue with the word. Look at verse number 8. Verse 8 says, For he said, now Jesus is speaking, For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And for those people that don't believe that there are no unclean spirits, Jesus just told the unclean spirit to come out of the man. He told him, he said, you come out of the man. You come out. He, you come out. That's what he said. And look at verse number nine. This, this is scary. This is why we need to be full of Jesus. This is why we need to be full of Jesus. Verse nine says, and he asked him, what is thy name? Look at the answer. And he answered saying, my name is Legion. For we are how, how, a few. Uh-uh. What that word say? Hmm. Can you imagine having all them demons on the inside? Now here it is. This man been tormented day and night. I mean, he no, he couldn't be tamed. Nobody could do nothing with him. And when Jesus commanded him, asked him a question: "What's your name?" Oh, my name Legion. And then he he's like he's boastful. And they are many. Well, back in the Roman day, a legion was an army of over 6,000 men. Now, you think about it. If it's, oh, it was 6,000 then, I wonder how many, how many uh, 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 demons it is now when a person has a legion. When we allow all those unclean spirits to come on the inside of us. See, this is something Satan does, does not want us to, to understand or comprehend that we, we got some evil spirits and we, we're dealing with all these, what we call these fleshly desires and things that I have to have. No. The Bible says you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That's not your wrestle. Your wrestle is against Satan. The Bible specifically says it. He exposes who the enemy really is. So if we got situations going on in our life and, and it seems like they're out of control and we, there's nothing we can do, we need to begin to look at the root cause of what's going on. It's Satan, hatred, Satan. 
all this crazy stuff going on. It's Satan himself. And he is sitting there and, and pretending that he has nothing. He's got to, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. He's, oh, that's just you. But the same way that grace is a divine influence upon the heart, so, so is the same way Satan also has an influence upon the heart. He has, Satan has an influence too. Don't fool yourself. Sometimes we can get some thoughts and we look, we, what in the world these thoughts come from? Okay, let me give you some. It's Mother's Day, but uh, have you ever thought about when, 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 when we have people come into church and all of a sudden you, uh, you we have, we have a, a young lady come through and oh, and she's got it all going on. Y'all know what I'm saying? She got everything top. She, she got the middle good and she got the bottom good too. You know what I'm saying? And where you weren't even thinking about anything, nothing whatsoever. You, can I, you, you you're just sitting there playing the keyboard, just sitting there playing the keyboard. And here come this fine sister walking, walking. You're my son, that's why I can use you. And just walking down through the, and, you know, and nowadays, they don't mind exposing everything. They don't, they don't mind exposing everything. And, you know, the, you know, the dresses, you know, about like, um, they just call them Daisy Dukes in my day. I don't know what they call them now. And, and where you were concentrating on, on playing uh, Jesus as Lord, all of a sudden we went somewhere else. Because our eyes now have followed that, that fleshly desire. Because, see, when you weren't thinking about it, all of a sudden, hey, there you are. And you're totally off course, totally. Anybody guilty? No, don't. Oh, oh, I said, don't raise your hand. But I saw one with raising hands and said, yeah, I'm guilty. Amen. The rest of them folks started pretending they wasn't, brother. You know, you know, you know how it is. Because back in the day, we, we saw that. We witnessed that. And, 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 and they said, oh, let's, let's let them. It's all right. Let them come just the way they are. Well, listen, before you had the, cl- the, the, the club clothes, you did have what they call church clothes. Now, church clothes kind of drop a little bit. You know, I mean, and I'm saying that as, you know, like church clothes. I'm just saying that as an example. There's no such thing as church clothes. But, but anyway, decently and in order. Amen. You don't want everything hanging out. And, 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 and are you sitting on the front seat with a dress way up here and the preacher trying to preach? Now, how he going to preach? Help me. Help me, Holy Ghost. How, how, is, how is that possible? Yeah, there is no way. Amen. And the same way that the preacher is looking, same way the deacons and the non-deacons and everybody else is looking. Amen. And, and the mothers are sitting there like, oh, Lord, have mercy. What are we going to do? Too late now. See, there's, there's, there's no teaching going on. There's no teaching. All right. Let me get back to them legions and get back to them demons. Now, what happens here now when, when he, he realizes that he has been found out, you know, he begs Christ to not uh, uh, allow them to leave the region. They, they want to stay. He want, he, he want to stay in that territory. Do you not know we have territorial demons? We have territorial demons. Do you not wonder why there are certain places in, in Sparberg and Greenville, there are certain places that only certain things are done and, and, and seem like they can get along, get a, it's free, I mean, it's, it's okay. You know, nobody bothers him. You know, you got all this stuff going. There, see, Satan, he looks for a certain territory where he can dwell. Well, wherever that, wherever that spirit that's ruling, he wants to be there. Well, they see, these demons, they didn't want to leave the region. What they did was they asked Christ. They said, now listen, how about letting us go into the swines? Let's, the swines considered to be unclean. Uh, an Old Testament, swines are considered to be unclean. But, but they want to go into the swines. Well, listen, when Jesus cast them out, can you imagine 6,000 demons going into them? And I think it says like 2,000 swines that was there. When they go into them, they, they, where they were on the cliff grazing, they ended up down off in the sea. If, if, the, if the pig, excuse me, excuse my language, if the pig didn't want the demons in them, why do we as human beings want the demon too? The Bible says what happened was they, they, ran down, they ran down the hill and they drowned themselves. And this morning I pointed out, I said, God, I wonder what happened to them demons. I wonder what happened. It said, and the Bible says they, 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 they drowned themselves. But look at verse number 15 in St. Mark chapter 5, verse, verse number 15. Verse 15 says, And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil. He wasn't possessed with another human being. Satan just uses the flesh as a tool to do his dirty work. 
It says, when the other people, they came and they saw the man that had those demons that were possessed with the devil and, and had the legions. The Bible said he was sitting and clothed in his right mind and they were afraid. When Christ got through with him, when Christ gets through with us, we will be sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in our right minds. All this craziness, it it still baffles me. How can young people uh, destroy one another? I I just don't understand, except I do understand because it's an evil spirit. It is Satan himself. It's him. We have to recognize that it is him. But how do we war? How do we battle? I, I understand Satan, is, he's well, he's operated. Most of us don't even realize he's, uh, he's in operation. But he is. He is alive and well. But how do we combat that? How, how do we go up against a spirit that, that we cannot see? You see, you can't see Satan, but you've got to know he is in there. Amen. The same way that, that Christ is a spirit, God says in his word, he says we can, we can only worship him in spirit and in truth. The same way Christ is a spirit, same way God is a spirit, so is Satan himself a spirit. Well, how do we combat that? How can we fight something that, that's at a place wherein it's spirit that we can't see? How, how do we fight that? Well, last week we talked about uh, uh, Jehoshaphat when the enemy came up against him. When the enemy came up against him, one of the things he did, which most people don't even recognize or realize, or most churches, uh, I won't say churches, mainstream religion, God told me to change that, because the church is the body of Christ. Everybody's not in the body of Christ. A lot lot of people has a church mass or the church sign, but they're not really in the body of Christ mainstream religion. How, how do we combat that? So what Jehoshaphat did was when he found the enemy coming up against him, he prayed first to God. He acknowledged the fact that that enemy was too, too great for him. I mean, and when he began to acknowledge that, he began to pray to God. He began to call on the name of God. Then he began to operate in faith. He believed what God had said. He believed who God was. And the next thing was he began to go into praise. He called a fast. He goes into praise. Now, he calls for an army. You would think when it comes down to fighting a war, you would deal with military people. But what happens here, God instructs him to put the singers before the, the military people. Anybody in our right mind, when you think about that, why would you put the, the praisers before the, the, the ones that has the sword and those that ha, ha, has, has uh, the power to, to destroy others? He says, when you're going through, God says, when you're going through, if you just praise me, praise will run the devil off. If you begin to praise God, he will run, praise will run the devil off. Jehoshaphat put those praises in front, right in front of the military people. And when they began to praise uh, the, the name of the Lord, when they began to praise God, the word of God says God set an ambush against the enemy. So you see how powerful praise is. Praise is powerful. That's why oftentimes I say, you know, when we come down to the person, we got to praise God. We, we, we got to, you know, it's about, and Sister Annie always said, it's about praise, y'all. It's about praise. Praise destroys and, and those yokes, any demon before it ever comes in the house, and even when it comes in the house. Praise, if we're in true praise, it will literally cause God to move and bring about an ambush against the enemy. We don't want to walk in the church one way and go back out and you got some more demons. I mean, we, you don't do that, do you? I don't know. Some of you are like, oh, wow. I don't know if I'm going to go to church or not. Well, I'm telling you something. It's in your house, too. What did the Bible say? He go about walking in dry places. He's seeking some rest, okay? He's seeking rest. Now, let's look at some, some battle weapons besides prayer and fasting and faith and praise. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6. You know, I wonder why Paul says, you know, as he gets through dealing with the family in, the, in Ephesians chapter 6, he comes down to the word finally. He tells us what we need to be equipped with because he identifies why we need that equipment, why we need it. Now, Ephesians chapter number 6. 
Looking at verse 14, we're almost done. Beginning with verse 14, because we've got to be able to stand in the battle. Now, Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 14 says this. Uh, Paul says, Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. First thing he says, stand, position yourself. But then he says this, having your loins girt about with truth. That word loins, it, it, it represents your, your um, procreative power. It's, it has to do with a sexual uh, ability to, to, to birth. So he said the first thing that needs to be birthed uh, uh, because we are we're birthing things, he said you got to guard what you're birthing. Because, see, you can either birth things from the flesh, Esau and Jacob, or you can birth things from God. Sometimes things happen. We birth things and we put God's name on it and say, God did this. No. Later on, you'll see the offsprings of what you birthed. And when, you, when you're looking at you, it's, it's your birthing, the, the, birth, the birthing place. He says, protect the birthing place. How do I protect that procreative power? See, that's the way Satan was able to deceive Eve, and they came up with a man child called Cain. Because the, the word of God says he, he's the child of the devil. So, so th- that's, that birthing, that's that birthing ground. So how do I protect what I birth that I can? We have the power to procreate. We have that power. How do I do that? He says, you do it with truth. He says, girt, girt with truth. Girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Truth. The truth is the way that we protect the power that we have to procreate. Well, why do we have to have truth? The reason why we have to have truth is because the word of God says that Satan is the father of lies. So if we either serving God or we serving Satan, one or the other, and, and Satan is the father of lies. Have you ever met a liar before? Boy, they can do it, can't they? I mean, they, 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 can, they can really do it. They can make truth seem like it's real. And, and, and if you're not careful, if you don't have the discerning of God and the spirit of God, you've been bit into that lie. And, but you see, we have to gird ourselves with truth. The word of God is truth. We have, to, we have to gird ourselves with the word of God. He says, having on the birthplate of righteousness, right living, our lifestyle has to be conducive to our Father. See, we are ambassadors of Christ. We are representatives of Christ. And so we don't want to be a representative of Satan. Satan is the father of lies. That birthplace, it protects. We've got to begin to, to live right because, see, in living right, there's power. Because, see, that's Jesus on the inside. Amen? Let me, let me read these other verses. And something else the Lord showed me. Verse 15 says, And your feet showed with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Verse 16, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. 17 says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, you see all these uh, weaponries, that's for defense. Now, you, 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 got on, you got a birthplace, that's for defense. You're protecting something. All right? When it comes down to, the, to, 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 the, to your shoes, that's protecting something. When it comes down to the helmet, that, that, that is a defense weapon. And, and, and you have a shield. That is a defense weapon. You got more defense weapons than you have offense weapons. You only have one offense weapon, and that one offense work weapon, which is the sword, is the, it's the sword of the Lord. It's the, it's the word. That's what the Bible says. That is your only we- offense weapon, the word of God. I'm like, okay, God, why do we need more defense weaponry than we, didn't, we need offense? I mean, we're in battle. In other words, you've got to make sure you're protecting yourself. There's a lot of things you need in order to protect yourself. But the most powerful weapon that we have is that one offense weapon, which is the Word of God. 
He says, you, you got to have that word. It, it, it's the word. See, after Paul gets through writing a whole book of Ephesians, and, and on Wednesday, I think we're going to, as the Holy Spirit said, we're going to start studying in the book of Ephesians. He waits to chapter number 6 to begin to tell us about our weaponry that we need. We, we have to have some, some defense weapons, but the main thing is we have to have the word of God. It's imperative. It, it, it's not optional. To, to know the word is to know Christ. To know the word is to know God. See, you can never uh, be able to discern who the enemy is, what he's doing in our lives, where he's telling us to go, if we do not have the word of God to guide us. We've got to have the Holy Spirit. People don't even teach about the Holy Spirit anymore. He is the Holy Spirit. He, he's been left here to guide us, to lead us, and direct us into all truth. They don't even teach about the Holy Spirit. The only thing they teach about is how to get your stuff. Mm-mm. No. It's not about how you get your stuff. Because, see, stuff is going to perish. Those things are temporal. The, that which lasts for le- forever is the Word of God. We've got to have the Word of God. That is the most powerful weapon that we can have. And most people in today's society don't even think about the Word of God anymore, at least talking about studying the Word of God, or give any time to God in studying His Word. But that's your weapon. That's your offense weapon. you got to fight. You have to fight with spiritual weapons. Your faith is a spiritual weapon. Prayer is a spiritual weapon. All these things are spiritual weapons. We have to begin to use the spiritual weapons against Satan. His ultimate goal, the Bible says he walks about like a roaring lion, as a roaring lion, and he is seeking whom he may devour. Are you on his hit list? Are you on the hit list of Satan? You'd be surprised. Are you on the hit list? Are you ready for battle? Are you ready for battle? You got to know who your enemy is. You have to know him. And it's not your brother. It's not your sister. It's not that boss man on the job that you don't like. It's not those people on a highway that cut in front of you and makes you mad. And as they say, say some Sunday school words. That's not your enemy. There's a spirit that's operating. There's a spirit that's operating. And he will be in operation until God called for the Holy Spirit to come home. And then we'll be going with him. He will be in operation. But we've got to live in this world here. The Bible even talks about woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Because that's where Satan's been cast. He's been cast here. That's what the book of Revelation says. He has been cast here. He knows his time is short. So he's trying to wear out the saints. Are you battle ready? Are you battle ready? Are you battle ready? And the last thing is, are you on on Satan's hit list? And what weaponry are you fighting with? What are you using? What are you using? Have you ever wondered why am I losing so many battles? Maybe it's because we're using the wrong weaponry. Could be. Now let's give God a hand clap for praise. Amen. For his word. Amen. 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 I thank and praise God. Thank and praise God for him allowing (laughs) allowing me to finish this word. Amen. I don't know if I'm finished or not depending on what God says. Because there was a moment here 